Welcome to The Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of The Thought Vault. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Shelly Rushing Tomlinson. She is the host of the podcast, The Story Table. She's also an author and a speaker, and she loves Jesus, which is why I wanted to have her on the show. Her newest book, Finding Deep and Wide, Shelly reveals her own journey from being a rule-following Christian to discovering the joy of dying to all that trying. And that one phrase, um, I got it off your website, but that one phrase speaks great to my heart. Shelly describes herself as laughter-loving, story-stacking, Jesus-following, Bible-teaching, farm-wife, author-speaker, mom, and Keggy. I love that name, to six super grands. So I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome to the Thought Vault, Shelly. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. I'm delighted to be here. And can I tell you, that was the very best introduction when you would just say she loves Jesus and that's why she's here. I'm like, that's plenty bio, right? That's it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I I wanted to give Shelly a moment to just kind of a little share a little bit of backstory what I didn't cover in her intro. And then we're going to kind of dive into the topics of her newest book. And I'm so excited to have you listeners along for this conversation because I could tell even before Shelly and I got on this call, just from her personality and seeing her on the socials, um, talking to her in Clubhouse or hearing from her in Clubhouse, which is a new app, I just knew we would connect and I felt completely called to have Shelly come on the show. So Shelly, if you don't mind just give, sharing what you feel like you want to share about a little bit about your background and what brought you to this place of being an author and a speaker. Oh, thank you so much for that opportunity. Like I've already said, the best part of my bio is that she loves Jesus because he loved her first. That's everything to me. But um, maybe just a little bit more about me so that our listeners will know, you know, like, who is this crazy Southern voice that I'm hearing right now? But I am a mother, farm wife, daughter, uh, like you said, grandmother to six grands. They call me Keggy. And I kind of backed, fell into speaking and um, the whole website and podcast and all that part of my ministry came out of my love for words. And so I kind of, I got near a muddy hole and kind of slipped into this world, you know, about 20 years ago now that I didn't really know what I was doing, Emily. All I knew was that I love to write and I wanted to talk to people about Jesus. And the precious Holy Spirit just kind of took me by the hand and just like led me into speaking and writing and, you know, getting my books published and all of that. But um, right now, that's where you find me about to get on the road here. Uh, In the next eight weeks, I'll be traveling seven out of those eight weeks. Wow. Speaking. Uh, on the weekends. And it's my favorite thing to do to serve God's women. I mean, like it is my absolute joy. And so it is can be exhausting to be on the road that much, but it is such a win-win. It, it well, just, I'm he gives so excited that. about that. That's amazing. Uh, you know, one calling and most people don't even know this about me. I mean, I know I speak on the podcast, but 
I have always had the call of speaking and I haven't had the opportunity yet. And I'm, you know, praying about that. So I love the ministry of being able to like speak and especially in person. And I'm so glad that you're having the opportunity in this climate to be able to get back on the road and and do that. Because I think being in the presence of other people and having that face-to-face, you know, Mm -hmm. situation is so life-giving. And I think it's like, it's like being at church on Sunday. It's different than watching it through the, the screen. Cat. Yeah. And what we've been having to do, it's like when you're there, you can just feel the spirit and just, it's just so, it can't be replicated in any other way. So I'm so thrilled that you get to have that chance to go and do that. That's going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. You know, I tell a lot of the people that I speak with, and I want to, I want to give someone a plug here. I've never yes. done this sort of thing, but since you just mentioned that, I feel led by the spirit to tell you to please look up my friend, Mary R. Snyder. Uh-huh. On all her socials and everything, but she has a podcast called Take the Stage. She has like 20 years of um experience in the speaking industry with Christian speakers. And she yes. would be someone for you to um really connect with. Awesome. And, I will definitely well, I mentioned it. I could have said it. I was thinking, you know, prayer peddling and thinking in my head, I could have uh said it off podcast with you, but I thought maybe there's someone else listening that has a right. message in their heart. Exactly. And they need that plug as well. So it it's Mary R. Snyder. We joke a lot about don't drop that R because you'll find this other Mary Snyder that doesn't really <laughs> That's <your> not her. <laughs> it's Mary R. Snyder. And uh, if they look up Take the Stage, they'll find her. So Perfect. Anyway. Thank you for offering that resource. I know often I think some of us maybe have that nudge or have that feeling or or have the desire, but then all of a sudden we feel like we're not qualified or we don't know enough or we couldn't take that step. And just from being someone I haven't experienced all of that, but just taking the step of starting the podcast. I mean, God doesn't call the only qualified. He He calls us and makes us qualified through him. And so if you have that calling on your heart, there's nothing stopping you. There's nothing. Stopping oh, you. Emily, I love that you said that because you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say to you, but kudos to you. For this podcast, for like having that kind of um, heart's desire to speak and to minister to women and starting this podcast, because that is how Holy Spirit leads us. It's how if we had time when we won't even bore you with, you know, the um, mm-hmm. the trip I've been on for 20 years, you know, learning this industry. But it's all about taking that step that is right in front of you. What can you do right now to answer that call that's in your heart? You speak to the people, if we're, if anyone else is listening that's thinking, you know, they want to be a speaker, well, talk to the people nearest you about Jesus. That's Find right. the closest people you can. And the more you talk about who he is and let him use you and do that work in you, he'll give you another step. If he, mm-hmm. if there's someone you need to be speaking to, he'll put you in front of him. That's exactly right. No matter what big or huge step you take, just taking that initial step in faith. And I always tell myself little steps in faith, you know, we can have the big goals and sometimes we make big leaps and Mm -hmm. that's required of us, but even just a small step. And I love the example you gave of just talking to those around you. I mean, because you never know who you could be speaking to make a connection or lead down some other path. God's work is never um, not happening. So any little small step you take in his, in his name for his glory will be amplified. And so it kind of, this kind of jumps into a little bit of what I wanted to talk to you about, because the title of your newest book alone, Finding Deep and Wide, I just, I love that because I think in the climate that we're in, 
everything can easily become so surface level and so just going through the motions and checking off the box and appearing to be in this place in your life. But really, it's about your heart. And sometimes those aren't lining up. And sometimes we have our plates so full, we can't even get to the deep and wide. And that's just, I've had to really um, claw my way through that a little bit, especially in the season of being a mom to two young kids, launching like this life coaching business I'm launching and and doing the podcast and and just all these things going on, home life, being a wife and taking care of the house. I mean, I can literally just list everything for the whole time here. And it's so, I think it's so important that we kind of understand the importance of fostering our relationship with Christ first and what that really means. And so can you give us a little background on like the title of your book and why that was a good, you felt that was a complimentary title to the message that you had? I would be delighted to because you're just nailing it. It is that thing that we do of trying to live for Jesus without living with Jesus. I mean, hello, I could just get on a soapbox right there, but the title Finding Deep and Wide. So I grew up and I don't know anyone that's listening that may remember, but there was a song in the church, Deep and Wide, that we learned as little bitty kids. And so I really, I took that idea of what we think when we first come to faith, maybe even as little kids, like I was a a little bit girl, a little bitty chair and a little bitty Sunday school room hearing about this sweet Jesus. And like, I was sold. I wanted, I wanted to, I caught it in the book, Invisible Jesus. Like I like the sound of Invisible Jesus and I wanted him. And then we come to faith and we begin to try to figure out how to walk, you know, this thing out. And I went through stages in my life where um, I wanted Jesus, but I wanted Jesus kind of like on the side, like I wanted to do my deal, not anything bad or wrong, but I just, I wanted a full my life. And then I also wanted Jesus. And we do not find the deep and wide life until we realize we don't find that promise that we first heard of that made us go, oh, yes, I want Jesus. That life, that abundant life is found at the end of us. And it took me a long time to realize that, Mm -hmm. that it was at the end of me that I would find the Jesus that sustains my soul. So I live to say to other people, like, stand on my shoulders and get there closer, like Mm -hmm. benefit from all of my bad experience or the experience wasn't bad, but my bad thinking, my wrong thinking, that's the word I should use benefit from my wrong thinking and get there closer, you know, get there quicker because living for Jesus without living on Jesus, being nourished by Jesus is, is miserable that, that it's like, it doesn't give us life and it doesn't make us become life bearers to other people. And so I live to like, put people's hands in Jesus' hands. I'm like that little kid on the grade school <laughs> yes. um, at recess going, come here, come here. Here's Jesus and here's my friend. Like I'll put their hands together and talk to them about how to like really live nourishing themselves in I, this Jesus that you believe in. Yes. And I love that kind of picture you just gave us at the end of me. And that is the essence of really, I think what we're talking about here today, because there's so much that we can be passionate about. And inherently, they may not, there may not be bad things. They may be great things. But if we're in pursuit of all of this and we're not looking up, if we're just looking in front of us and to the side of us and we're not reflecting 
what's above us and reflecting on God and his word and his, our ultimate purpose here, which is to simply love God. I mean, if we were to just get it back down to the basics, like that is it. And so I know for myself, I'm such a like goal oriented person. And I grew up with parents that are both entrepreneurial and so business and uh, like that is a bit was a big part of their identity. It kind of became a big part of my identity of accomplishing mm-hmm. things. And inherently that's not bad. But I found myself tying a lot of my happiness and success and joy to what outwardly I was accomplishing, a works-based life, right? And so um a lot of that was missing for me. And and that is really what you just described what happened when I realized like and it was such a burden to carry, I, you know, to use that word burden. I don't use it lightly, but it was a burden to carry the weight of me being successful or worthy or mm-hmm. all those words on my own shoulders. Like I had to establish this certain level of existence to be satisfied. And no, you're so right. That's never going to sat like that will never satisfy. Our yes. happiness hearts will mm-hmm. never be satisfied by that. What I like to help people, uh, believers who are after this sweet Jesus with me to understand is that we can't ever make that decision once and done. See, that's what I tried to do. I tried to surrender to Christ and, and I've been on this desire to live dying for such a long time to live dying to me and alive to him. But Emily, I told Jesus, I, I, he and I were having coffee a couple of days ago and, and I was laughing and telling him, I have to start all over again the next morning. Right. I, I, I was thanking him for helping helping me to understand that I would wake up with a Shelly agenda that had to be yielded to his agenda, because as long as we walk on this earth, we will. So we can say these things to each other and to our listeners that it's about like dying to what we want and in living to what Christ wants. And we can, we can do that and we can mean it with everything that's in us, but we better be ready to do it again. Because as long as we walk on this dusty earth, the next morning, I have got to wake up and say, okay, Boss me, Jesus. I mm-hmm. want to be submitted and yielded to you because if I don't have my eyes on him intentionally with very much intention of yielding to him and listening to him, then then Shelly's in charge. There's yep. just no two ways about it. Yeah, exactly. And I love all that you just said, because that is some, a place I've had to find myself being able to relinquish that control and say, <laughs> No, I, I've tried to, to white knuckle this situation and take right. me where I want to go. And I'm left dissatisfied, heartbroken and miserable. I don't want to be here anymore. And, um, you know, oftentimes I think we can easily, uh, I think sometimes God will let what we are trying to will into, exa- will into existence happen to help us learn. If you would have just let me. You know, I had that example when I first got out of school and I had started graduate school, but at the same time landed what I considered my dream job. And I had prayed over it. I had said, this is what I want, Lord. Please give it to me. I know it's going to be the perfect thing for me right now in this lifetime. And you know what he did? He gave it exactly to me. Okay, here it Mm -hmm. is. And it lined up perfectly. I was so happy until six months later when I was in a soul-sucking job and crying every day. And I realized that I had been praying specifically for what I wanted. And not that God doesn't want to know our desires or know, you know, the things that we long for. He does. But 
I left no room for him, for it to be his will. And so that is a lesson I had to learn very hard. But through that, so much has been opened in my life and relinquishing, again, going back to that control, like letting that go and say, no, I want... I want a deep and wide, to use your phrasing and your title, a, a, a deep and wide relationship with you, Lord. And that's the type of life I want to lead, not not everything that I want. And so um, I wanted to ask you, like, what biblical understanding have you kind of held on to or, or had keep going back to when it comes to like measuring up? Because I know that that's something that people struggle with in general, just trying to measure up to what's going on in their own bubble in their life or to other people? And how can we rely on what God teaches us and and maybe just a good nugget of wisdom from you that helps keep you grounded and and not Um, worried about measuring up to culture standards, I guess. Right, right. Um, Man, there are so many different directions I could take that because Christ Jesus has been so faithful with me to teach me. He's so long-suffering. I mean, he's just so long-suffering. But um, as I was tossing about in my mind, how, how would I answer this while you were talking one of the things that has mattered and uh, made such a difference for me, being that person, that get or done person, the one that you describe, and I, I suppose men do it too, but I know women do it. I know because of just the roles that we juggle that we can come to faith that same way. Tell me what to do and I'll get it done. I mean, right. yeah, check, 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 and I will do it and I will be the best little Jesus follower you've got because you give me a list to follow. You know, we can fall in that trap and and that's not where that soul satisfaction, deep and wide life that we're talking about is found. And so as I was tossing around, one of the things that maybe would help those listening the most that has helped me is found in 1 John 1, 7. And it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and we have fellowship one with another. For me, understanding and grasping the beauty of the fact that Jesus is ever cleansing me. He didn't just meet the bar for me because see, that's what he did. He met the bar. He exceeded the bar and he obliterated the bar. And yes. he he just said, I, I did it all. And now Shelly, Emily, I'm going to welcome y'all into the relationship I have with father. He obliterated the bar that we're always trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And so we can come to him I did like um, feeling, well, let me try to say this, Lord, uh, articulately, feeling accepted by him because of what I did do or not feeling accepted in prayer that day because of what I didn't do. I mean, I've yes. walked everything that I did do and didn't do. Does that resonate? I brought it, it to my relationship with Christ Jesus. And when I finally understood that if my heart is towards him and I am after him, He is continually cleansing me all the time. So if you could just imagine, dear listener out there, you're standing in this beautiful um, spring water and it's just steady running over you. This is the picture of grace. Mm -hmm. Not that it was a once and done thing, although we are secure in Christ, but it's that he is ever cleansing. And so what does it mean, Shelly, to to walk in the light as he's in the light? That just means if I'm turned toward him, if I'm not hiding an area of my life and trying to like keep this section for me, Lord, you know, and and I want this little sin in my life or this little thing. If I'm bringing everything that I am to him, then you know what he's doing? He's cleansing it. 
He's cleansing me as I live before him, as my face is turned before him. That one thing has caused me to lose sight of trying to reach for that bar because I just love to wake up saying, you, you've already met it. Yes. (laughs) You've already met the bar for me today. Right. How can I walk with you in the light of what all that you have done? And that that has been life for me because we can lose sight of the fact that our access to the throne of grace is through Christ Jesus the first time we come to faith. We we know this, but what we lose sight of is that this is the same access thereafter. Christ. Right. Yes. Not us, not what we did or didn't do, but the same access that brought us before God's throne, Christ Jesus in his ever atoning blood. This is the same access for you and I, as we said here today. I love that, Shelly. That will preach. <laughs> that is so true. And what I, I kind of in line with that, one thing that I've had to adjust for myself has been my own expectations. And I've had to lay those down. It goes back to what you were saying, like, Today has already been won by you, Lord, um, because I, I found myself getting in a se- being in a season where I would lay my head down at night and be like, I didn't, what did I do today? I got nothing done. It feels like it was just wasted. And I like criticize myself and I feel, you know, just not productive for lack of a better d- description mm-hmm. there. And I finally had to just realize that if I'm laying my day down at the feet of Jesus every single day. He knows what's going to happen in my day. He knows if my kids are going to go bonkers. He knows if I'm not going to get that call done or whatever I need to finish. Like, he already knows it. But if I'm not focused on him being in control of that and living mindfully and presently in that day, I miss that point. My kids may be going off the wall because they need more attention from me. And that's a moment in time that I can be mindful and be present with them and focus on them. And that leaves that was what he needed me to focus on for that day. And so I've had to just really readjust my expectations so that I can lay my head down and say, no matter how much of my list I got done or how little, I knew going into today, I was doing what I got done for him. And if it meant just taking care of my house today or taking care of my kids or getting a lot of work done, like that's what he needed me to focus on today. And so that released so much pressure off of me because I did really just learn I needed to step into that reality of what you were speaking to. Like God is ever present. He has already cleansed me of everything that is going on with my mindset or um, my circumstances. And I'm just here to serve him. So in whatever big or small way I I get that done today, like that's ultimately what I'm trying to focus on. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So so that's been what I've, I've tried to just understand. And, and, and that's been a realization over time. It's nothing that it's like all of a sudden I just got not, well, some, in some respects I got knocked over the head and said, no, like focus on this. But it, it was learning through that, that grief, I think that I had placed on my own shoulders of, of not measuring up and, and I've already measured up. God did that. Right. For me. Like I'm already in his presence and I'm he already serving him. Right. Yeah. He measured up for you. Exactly. I I love that. I was in uh, just a quick little story. I was speaking in Amarillo, Texas, not long ago. And that particular morning, I was on my knees in the hotel room praying before I spoke. I just kind of slid off the bed and I was laying over the bed, you know, kind of on my knees and just kind of praying. And 
and talking to the Lord about some things. And I said, it was just a lot, and I'm skipping a lot, that I had been worried or, or doubted was going to happen, just some life circumstances. And I said to the Lord that day, I said, Father, you deserve perfect obedience. You deserve that I would never doubt you, that I would never second guess. You deserve faithfulness that is perfect, and you get me. And so I'm, I'm in this kind of vein of a prayer, you know, like, kind of like, this is what you get. So sorry, you know, you get me and this is what you deserve and you deserve perfect this. And so I'm in my list and man, I just felt the sweet Holy Spirit's voice inside me. Just remind me in that moment that he got it, that he did get that. He did get perfect obedience. He did get perfect faithfulness. He did get everything that I was listening he did get it in Christ Jesus. And then they welcomed me into that. So That's I'm a so slobbering then. I'm like, okay, how yes. do I get dressed? How do I even get dressed now? But it's constantly reminding ourselves mm-hmm. that that Jesus did everything that you and I wake up trying to do, like doing it right, doing it productively, doing it, doing all the stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. He he accomplished everything. Yes. And then he said, now share this with me. Walk it out. Just share it with me. It's a way of living with Christ Jesus that is so sustaining that you begin to understand the word in a different way. You look at the word differently and you understand what Jesus meant um, for you. It comes home when you read words where he said, they ask him, what work should we do? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what yes. work should we do so yes. that we can follow after you? And, right. and he said, the work is to believe that yes. I am he and that the father sent me. And this is what Jesus is saying to you. And I you know, the work is to believe yep. everything that I've done. And it's because it's so good. It's so perfect that we continually our experience is what the world does. It says you need to have it done enough and you need to do this. And, and we're so a, a creature of this world mm-hmm. and we're used to all the what we should do for approval or what we should do for acceptance, you know, in yep. different areas of our life that to lose that and to trade it for this precious voice of the spirit saying it's done. Mm-hmm. Now enjoy it, you know, enjoy it as you go about your life, you know, and work it out. Yes, I I love what you just said. In different seasons that you've been in in your in your lifetime, what has helped you kind of prioritize different things that you may be like pulling at your heart, or maybe you've got, you know, I, I know you have children, and now you have grandchildren. I know that you probably love spending time with them, and especially when they were in your house and you were raising your children. How how did you kind of navigate prioritizing what you had passion for and what you felt God created you to do and also tackling your just like day-to-day stuff and your time. (laughs) Okay. So full disclosure, I don't do that perfectly all the time. I mean, surprise, (laughs) surprise, you know, I don't, but I aspire to. Mm -hmm. And one thing that has helped me so much with time, um, Emily, and, and prioritizing things is understanding that God wants to 
do life with us, period. See, he doesn't want to just do my devotional life with me. And so there was a time where if I didn't have enough devotional life in the morning, then my day didn't go as well as planned if I had a grand with me that woke up early. And and so I didn't get to finish what I was studying or, you know, what I was praying about. And and blending my life into this one offering for Christ Jesus is what began to turn my life around and, and still does today mm-hmm. is to say that there is no secular and sacred divide. I do not have this part of my life where I seek you and this part of the life where I have to get up and go to work or go to my desk and do an interview. No, Christ Jesus, I want to walk with you 24-7. I want you in my life at all times. And then it makes those other things holy. It brings Christ Jesus into them where this conversation that I am having with you is as God honoring and it's as precious to feed my spirit as my devotional this morning because he's here. He's in the midst of us and he's, you know, listening and he's helping us to try to articulate and to speak words of life to people. This for me has been a a clock conquering thing. Yes. Conquered that way of dividing our life into spaces. I remember one day in particular that my grands were at the house and, and, and like you just said, I love it. I love when they're at the house. You know, it's wonderful. But that particular morning, it was very clear there was going to be uh, no Jesus time, like the time that I wanted. You know, I'm not right. with my coffee uh, <laughs> yeah. and my Bible and my notebook. You know, there wasn't going to be. And I remember I had them at the table and I was I had walked to the sink and I was had my hands in some soapy water. And I was kind of praying in my head, you know, like. Lord, I'd love to have more time with you this morning. Just kind of, you know, praying and processing. Um, just love to be with you. And I felt Holy Spirit say, invite them into the sanctuary with you. Invite them into this worship with you. Reminding me that I had opportunity to just say to, aloud to my grands, grands, I just miss Jesus. Let's talk about how good he is. Yes. And just, just to invite him in to that moment instead of thinking, oh, I can't have that because, see, I need I need a certain thing. I need quiet. I need my Bible. I need my coffee. I need my space. And, you know, we're so weird. Is it just me? We're so weird. No, I'm about, the same way. <laughs> yes. But just to go, no. No, you know, this Jesus is worthy of being worshiped and adored 24-7. And so he began to help me pull off those things that I call, I, I, at length in the book, I talk about this, the secular sacred divide. Mm-hmm. And where how we do that, Emily, uh, is that like just a, a quick instance, we divide lives into places where we expect to hear from the Lord and where we don't. And so, oh, yeah. We're the ones doing it. It's to our detriment. So if I'm in church and I'm listening to worship and the praise music's awesome and the Lord, the speaker's about to, you know, bring a word, I'm expecting to hear from God. But if I've had all my grands in tow and I'm taking them to their softball practice and, you know, trying to get somebody's shoe tied on or, you know, whatever, I'm not expecting. If I'm not expecting to hear from God, it's me. It's mm-hmm. I'm the reason that I'm not experiencing him. It's that constant reminder to bring my mind back wherever I am. And and I've had women go like, I don't really understand how you could 
do that. And you know what I tell them? You do too, because you're a mama. And you know how <laughs> we can multitask. <laughs> while you're talking to someone, you can be hearing your child uh, looking for their shoe in the other room. And you can be in a dead conversation, say it's under the couch and just keep going right with it. It's a perfect example. Right? Yeah, It's what we do. Uh-huh. So it's just making that um, that desire and that commitment. And one thing that's really helpful is Jesus wants that life for us more than we do. Mm-hmm. So bring that to him as a request in the morning. Lord, I want to be ever aware of you today. I want to be so conscious of you today and listening for you. So when you're not on my mind, I ask him all the time for a neon blinking light. That's my thing. I'm always like, give me a neon blinking light, you know, like a pop on the forehead. Uh-huh. Like when you're not in my thoughts, would you bring my thoughts back to you? And what I have found is that he wants that more than I do. Yes. And if we make it a request, he'll do it. I agree with you, Shelly, 100%. I love everything you just said because I keep saying that. I love everything you just said, but it's so true. <laughs> um, you're you're speaking to me. Um, I'm getting so much out of this conversation. And what you just described, this the secular and the sacred divide, that I just had a conversation with a group of ladies and one lady phrased it as, Sometimes we think we have to have this big banquet to be with the Lord. We have to have, just like you were mentioning, that quiet time, that morning routine, or that perfect nighttime routine where we lay in the bed and we get real still. And we sometimes I hit the bed and I'm out. I haven't had time to pray. But what she said is snack. Like you can snack with the Lord all day. <laughs> you don't have to have a banquet. And so many of us are, like you mentioned, doing, we got so many things going on all day long. And we think, yeah, it has to be divided. Like I'm at work. This is what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. oh my goodness, if we just invited God into our work day, how much more pleasant would our work day be? How much more pleasant would our mommying be? You know, doing the chores around our house. Yes. And I just love what you said, because I found for me incorporating that concept, like, and that's something that I've just had to really come to my knees to Jesus about um, is being so much more present in my day. Because like I mentioned earlier, this this goal-oriented mindset I have, I'm always like thinking of the future because I'm thinking of, I got to get this task done so I can get this accomplished, this, this, this. And so I'm not even in my reality. It like dawned on me one day. It's like, I'm not even living my actual life because every present moment I have, I'm thinking about the next thing I got to do. Like, can I tell you that you are like a younger version of me and what you're saying is like we're one in the same person I literally brought bought a necklace once that said be here now yes to remind myself all the time because and this Emily I hope this helps you it just came to my mind and I think Holy Spirit prompted me to say it he, he brought this to me uh one day and I was like oh my hell Okay, and and every time I feast on it, it it brings life to me. But here's the deal. We know that you and I live right here in the present. We can't live in the past. We we don't have access to it. And we can't live in the future. We don't have access to it. We can only live this moment. Well, our Father God is in the past, in the present, and in the future. But the only place where you and I can experience him is in the present. Oh, my word. Amen. Shelley. Are you with me? Yes. So if we're, he is in the past. But mm-hmm. if we're looking back and trying to live in the past, we can't because we can only live here. He is in our future. He's in tomorrow. He's in that next task we're about to do in an hour. He's there. 
but we can't access him there. The only place I can experience him is in the present. And boy, when I remember that, you talk about snap me back. It snaps me back every time. Yes. And I think it gives you so much more purpose in your day. And you do, at the end of your day, feel so accomplished because you're like, I was here. I like remembered that sweet little conversation I just had with my son. I remembered that conversation I had with my husband. I got to have that conversation with my friend and like really be present and and encourage her. And she encouraged me. It's like, you got to have the moments that mattered because it's just the same old thing we've heard all the time. Like when it comes down to it, the only thing that matters is like the people you love and like the time that you've had with them. And and those moments are what life, that's where you're living your life. You're not living your life in your calendar. You're not living your life in all these accolades and titles and accomplishments. You're living your life in the moments of your day-to-day life presently with people, mindful, aware of God's presence. I just love everything we've said today because I think <laughs> I've had to have those moments where I'm like, wait a second, this is what actually matters here. And th- And when you can kind of practice being in that mindset, you feel like you're living your life. And I would love your insight because you're just so wise. And I could literally talk to you for hours, (laughs) but I want to be respectful of your time. So I kind of want to jump ahead and just say, you know, in those seasons where things are stuck or feel confusing, what, what would you say to speak to that for someone who's in a stuck season or feeling confused about where God is or why this is happening? Um, what can you say to those that are just kind of in a season of maybe heartache yeah. or hardship or, or just confusion? Yeah. The, the confusion, just the life. You know, I say all the time that uh, life is hard when it's good. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> when I say it in, in conferences and places, but it's it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, this life is hard when it's good. And so I understand that people are that are, are listening, there's confusion and there's, you know, there's pain and there's all of this. I've been writing a lot on discernment lately, and um, I want to say this because I think it can help us and it can be a place to um, leave our listeners with as far as like needing that direction and that discernment. And this is what I would say. We hear from God when our spirit is yielded. Now, we've talked a lot about our yielded spirit already in, in this episode. But I want to say it a little a little deeper right now because here's the thing. Jesus said, if you obey my father, you'll hear my words over and over in different ways. He said, you don't know me because you don't listen, yeah. you know, to, to some people and to others. He said, listen, and you will know if the words are true or not, if you obey my father. And so, and that's in John, and I just kind of messed it up, but it's in John 7. If someone wants to look look it up, I know exactly where it is. It's in John chapter 7. But what Jesus was saying, and he's saying it to me, and he's saying it to you, is that if our spirits are yielded to him, and we are intending to listen, and we are intending to listen with the intention to obey. There's the difference. We're not just listening and gathering information, but we're living to obey him. Then that's where the growing awareness of God, the growing understanding, the discernment of what he is saying, it's all there. But when our when we're stiff-necked, when we're wanting our way, it blocks communication. When our spirit's yielded, we invite communication from the Father. So in those areas where we're confused or we're looking for direction, I would just say, keep reminding yourself 
that that direction and discernment, that relationship that you desire with Christ Jesus. It's at the end of you when you bend, when you bow, when you live on your knees, not, and that's metaphorically, none of us can. Your, your kids are going to wake up in a moment. I know that and you're going to have to cut it off. <laughs> when our uh, inner man mm-hmm. is living on our inner man's knees, then we can hear and we can discern. And it's not that Father God is like, no, I'm not going to tell you what to do because you're not listening to me. No, 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 it's on our end. Mm-hmm. He's always speaking. His name is the word, okay? Yes. <laughs> he is always speaking. Now, whether mm-hmm. or not we are hearing is going to be contingent on whether or not we're yielded. Yes, that speaks a lot to me because I think as someone who's very over analytical and I, I'm constantly in my head, that's always been a very sacred place for myself uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and in my own thoughts. And as I've gotten older and experienced things and seen lots of death in my family and been aware of time and how precious it is and uh, just dealing with that because I'm, I'm someone who has dealt with depression and OCD and, and anxiety and kind of been crippled by yeah. that mentally. Yeah. I've had to, that has been the best thing for me has been what you're describing, yielding to my yeah. own inner dialogue and saying, right. I just need to fill it up with Christ right now. And if that means incessantly praying, if that means calling someone and say, pray, pray with me right now, mm-hmm. if that means opening my Bible and just reading, turning on worship music and having that play mm-hmm. in the background. I mean, they're just filling that space with Christ mm-hmm. has been yeah. what has helped me catapult out of that spiral. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it can be so difficult. And I think, especially when we're maybe having to face things that are completely outside of our control or something we didn't expect, like someone getting very sick or a car accident Mm -hmm. or losing a job or, you know, Mm -hmm. having these external factors. Um, of course you're going to have emotion about it. Of course you're going to have to to deal with the feelings of that because God made our feelings. And by mm-hmm. the way, he understands every emotion. He was tempted. He, he experienced yeah. life here. He knows what it is yeah. to be flesh. I think yeah. oftentimes we may think that he's too like have this ethereal thing. Like he doesn't know right. what it's like to be flesh. No, he, that is his whole purpose. He came and embodied no right. other God I know of came no. and became like those that, he, that serve him. And so when I kind of have, in my own experience, when I've let that guard down, that he does know me and he knows my deepest hurt and what I'm struggling with right now, I, I just try to replace that with his presence. And it sounds like such a kit answer or like, oh, that's easy for you to say. It's not easy because when you're having to like stop your own thoughts, it takes work. When you're having to, like you said, get on bended knee and yield, like stop your flesh from overtaking, that is hard work. Yes, it, it is. You know, yeah. salvation is free. This is what yep. it, it, we, we have a hard time understanding. Grace is free. Mm-hmm. And Christ's um, laws, they are not burdensome. He told the truth, okay? He is yep. the truth. He told the truth. His laws are not burdensome and his grace is free. But faith is work because it requires me 
to say no to Shelly mm-hmm. and no, because otherwise, I mean, we can just like decide, no, I just kind of want to live at this spiral thought train. I mean, like, you know, it's giving something to me. No, yeah. it's really not. But we will try to, we're just going to live in this little moment here when we know that Christ is outside that spiral thought train going, just turn to me, turn to me, turn to me. And we're like little kids going, no, I'm just going to stay in this little thought bubble yeah. because it's just kind of, you know, it's sustaining me. And so it takes an intention to it say, does. no, no, I'm bending, I'm yielding, I'm bending, I'm yielding. And we can never bend or yield that we do not, that it's not a win-win. Never, ever. Exactly. Because when we bend. Um, and, and I would say this, I would add this to, to wrap that up. I love to tell people again and again and again, because see, I can decide, no, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to yield to the Lord and I, you know, and I can begin to experience his peace. And two seconds later, I'm thinking about it again. And there was a time in my life where I was like, felt guilty about that. And then when you realize that he's in it, he's with you, he's in all your thoughts. He knows your minds went back there. Instead, when my mind goes again, I just run back to him again. Exactly. Like, it's another, it's crazy, another chance. It? Yeah. It's yeah. another opportunity. For it's you like, to I know, Lord, it's crazy. Him. You just got my mind off that and I'm back there again. But instead of hiding that like a little kid, we run back and go, I'm here again and I need some help again because apparently I'm thinking about that again. Amen. You do not go back too many times ever. Exactly. There's you. He never gets tired of hearing mm-hmm. you. No, I mean, we're parents and sometimes I'll be honest, I do get tired, (laughs) but he is a father that never gets tired and you can always come to him. One thing that has clicked with me more recently is just realize, like recognize I was reading in my Bible the other night and I like looked up at my husband and I said, the Holy Spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus from death after he had been dead for three days, that same spirit, the power of that spirit is dwelling within us. Like It just boggles our minds, right? Amazing. That power, like we all have it. Right. right. Yes. He's here. He's here in us. And so we would say, I told a total group last, this last weekend at a retreat uh, about that, Emily, where it says, you know, that we have the mind of Christ. And I'm like looking at the Lord going, well, apparently I'm thinking with Shelly's mind a lot more than your mind sometimes. You know, I mean, I've got, I've got your mind, but I'm thinking with your mind and like, how can I think with the mind of Christ? And he reminds us yet again, when I yield my thoughts to his thoughts, when I, you know, put me down and him up, when when I'm living like that, the more I think his thoughts over mine, the more his purposes begin to rule over mine, the more his mind begins to superimpose on mine. Exactly. So I love that, Shelly. And to wrap that up, I love what you said, because the whole premise of my podcast is really to help people get a grip kind of on their thought life. And what you just said speaks to that because, you know, what we're thinking about becomes what we're feeling, what we're feeling becomes what we're doing and what we're doing becomes our life. So if you want to change your life, you got to start up here. You got to start in your mind. You got to start with what you're thinking about. And if you are intentional and purposeful with thinking about him and his word, what will the outcome of your life be? It will be a legacy Mm -hmm. for him and all the goals and aspirations and desires you've had for your life will be 
realized because ultimately you served Christ and your life has been a legacy to that. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners today to just think about that. Think about what Shelly has said today. Think about really understanding what we're, how we're positioning our day with what we're thinking about, with what we're focusing on, having that time to just be with the Lord all day long and welcoming him into every aspect. And like Shelly described, not having sections for him to be involved. Like he's ever present and he wants to be ever present in your life. And I just, I love so much the time that we've had today, Shelly. And I want to give you a moment to just share with the audience where they can connect with you, where you want to send them to, um, just share where they can get your book and all that stuff. Sure. I'm just going to direct everybody just to one link because you can find all my socials and everything on it. And so just head to my website. It's Shelly T. Made it really simple for you. Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-I-E. T.com. And you can find all my social links from there. And yes, Emily, I'm enjoying Clubhouse a little bit, trying to figure out my way around that. Right. <laughs> I'm Shelly T there. I'm Shelly T on Twitter. So if you remember that and Google Shelly T, I think you'll get me. Perfect. All right. Well, I want to close out this episode with a quick prayer and we will sign off for the day. So thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, God, for letting us have the time to talk about your word, your purpose in our lives, and what we're doing here today to serve you. I pray, Lord, that ourselves and the listeners are taking in these wise words that you've given us to speak today and just to enact your presence in all of our lives today and going forward. We love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for loving us in spite of all the things and for taking care of us and being ever present in our thoughts and in our life, Lord. We serve a mighty God and we are so thankful for the work that you've done for us and in us. In your precious name we pray, amen. All right, ladies. Well, thank you for joining in today's episode with Shelly. We are so excited that you have listened. Please share this episode and tag us so we can connect with you and just have some more time to carry on the conversation. And we've so enjoyed it today. Thank you all. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now.